Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to everyone's favorite show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty. This is Nip Talk. On today's docket, we're going to be talking about buttocks enhancements. Are there any good options out there? We're going to go over them. Then there's a story about a surgeon who is allegedly operating drunk. Is it true? We're going to talk about it. And then finally, Sarah's going to tell us if magnesium supplements are good for your workout, and it's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk, an honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Please smash that like and subscribe button. It really does help us. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. And with me, as always, is the wonderful Sarah. Hi. Looking very good today. Love well, your outfit. You. <laughs> in the box, we got Travis. How are you, bud? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing great, man. It's a new year. Yeah, new Everybody me. Everybody have a good New Year's. I know you guys went out and did some stuff. Was it good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody was, was safe. So yeah, was everybody was year. safe. That's important. So uh, I was going to ask, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions for 2024? Anyone? Uh-uh. Uh, no, I don't really make resolutions. Like, yeah. I have, like, um, focuses or, like, mantras for the year. Okay. But not really, like, uh, Like, do you have anything new for the year? Anything good? You um, uh, the radio thing is starting to like kind of bubble a little bit more. Is so it? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. I know you have your own show. Tell me, what's the name of your show again? I, uh, I was well, so Didi in the morning is the show that I'm a part of. Uh, oh. it's a radio show in Dallas. What, what station is that on? Uh, it's K104. So 104.5. And what time are you on? Um, I am on from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit I haven't. Checked out your radio. It's okay. Show. No, no, no. I don't it's listen okay. to a ton of radio, but I, I'm definitely gonna listen to it. It's, and, it's uh, okay. I encourage everyone out there to listen to Travis. Uh, next time, I understand that it's really good. People have told me that. Next time you're in the operating room, just go ahead, just cut it on while you operate. I may we'll, do that. We'll actually. get you through. Okay. Good <laughs> idea. So you guys, so is it all talk or is it music talk? Or? Uh, so it's music and talk. Music and talk. Uh, it's music and talk. K104, and it's Monday through Friday, four to nine. Uh huh. Correct. All right, I'm gonna check it out. I got you. I'll shut you up. <laughs> okay, man. I'll let you know. I'll I'll shoot you a text and I'm You're listening. You're gonna be like, he's probably you. operating on somebody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't make resolutions either. Um, I'm the only thing. This isn't a resolution, but like, I really am gonna try and continue my exercise routine into the new year. That's really um, good. Yeah, it's been hard lately because it's been rainy and cold, mm -hmm. and I'm an outside kind of runner, and so I haven't really done it the last week or so but well you know i i saw tiktok and there was this guy talking about how um the calendar like our normal calendar it was like invented like you know 500 years ago and like the natural okay. the natural um new year yes. is supposed to be in the spring and so when people i think make, that would be awesome yeah so personally. when people make these new year's resolutions we're we're actually like supposed to be in our in springtime? Like, we're like, when you think of New Year's resolution, you think of like big and bright and like new yeah. you. And but really, it's like, it's disgusting outside. <laughs> I know. It's like the environment doesn't yeah. equal the thing. So I was like, you know, he's like, so if you want to continue to hibernate with me until spring <laughs> to start your new, new Year's resolution, then. Let's I'm going to try go. and keep it up. 
Like, yeah. I was doing really, really good up until I did the marathon race, and then, like, it's been cold and rainy. I've been slacking off, so I got to get back into it. Because if you get out of it too far, like, then it's like you're starting fresh. Yeah. Well, every month I tell myself I'm going to eat better, but. I have been doing all right with that. <laughs> I eat okay. I just, yeah, I eat, I eat pretty silly well. sometimes. Yeah. So, all what right. Is, well. What is silly eating, though? Like, I'll just, like, go eat fast food. Like, oh, fast food. Makes I've been sense. so good lately about not eating fast food. I mean,. I was a big thing for me when I was just not even in that recent past. Like before, I started noticing my metabolism slowing down. I used to eat like hamburgers and tacos like every oh, single yeah. day. Taco Bueno is my weakness. I love Taco Bueno. <laughs> you know, bueno. I used to run the drive-through at Taco Bueno. Really? Yep, in high school. Don't tell me anything gross. <laughs> it was actually good. I still eat there. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I love Taco Bueno. All right, well, we'll check back in in the spring see how our resolutions are going. But <laughs> okay. all right, so uh, first segment coming up today is about buttocks enhancements and it's something that if you've ever watched the show <laughs> those are kind of cool right i like that the fabric on that um so if you've watched the show before you know i've been kind of down on at least certain types of buttocks enhancements um and the reason i'm bringing uh, this topic up is because people are, do talk about this it is something you see all the time on social media and i actually had a, a friend ask me about this just a day or so ago about like what are the options and so i was kind of going over i was like oh well we should do a segment on that so for sure so um so i guess if you're going to talk about buttocks enhancements the first way to kind of break these down is surgery versus non-surgery um, which is a good way to break down anything when you're talking about aesthetics. And so uh, there are a couple of surgical options out there. Um, the first one would be uh, buttocks implants. So just like yeah. breast implants, you know, you can get silicone uh, implants for, for your butt. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, that and that's had... different from a BBL. Correct. Yes. Yeah, That's because that's the next one we're going to talk about yeah. is Brazilian butt lift. Uh, so... So my, the short answer on buttocks implants is don't do it. Uh, you know, these things have never been greatly popular because of the risks associated with them. You know, when you put a, an implant in the breast, for the most part, it goes very, very well. I mean, there's millions and millions of women out there who have breast implants are totally happy with them. The difference in putting an implant in the buttocks area is all about the fact that you're sitting on this thing. I know. That's like you get your butt sees a little bit more action. You're right. Laying <laughs> right. your chest. <laughs> that might be the quote of the day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. You know, one of the things that can definitely make surgery have issues is, one, the location. So the buttocks area is not necessarily considered as clean as, as the chest. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one thing. Pressure, like sitting on your buttocks. You know, when you sit on incisions, it causes issues with them uh, wanting to heal. Also, the buttocks muscle has the ability to push the implant out of possession, out of position. Mm -hmm. So these things have never been popular. There are still surgeons out there doing them. I I'm highly recommend people do not get buttocks implants. I, I I just have seen too many you know bad things happen from them. I've never done them, but just have seen patients have had issues. Things like infection, implant malposition, where it gets out of, out of the place where it's supposed to be and the butt looks terribly lumpy uh injuries to nerves there's some uh -huh. big nerves that run through the buttocks and so the placing the implant can injure those and cause like serious issues which is mm -hmm. not necessarily a thing in the breast and then finally wounds with it being a dirtier area um sometimes these wounds will break down plus the pressure of sitting on them so although buttocks implants are an option that still exists i personally do not recommend that so you do which that. one's better or well, if I had to, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, you're either getting buttocks implants or you're getting a Brazilian butt lift, <laughs> I guess I would take the Brazilian butt lift. Yeah, sounds um, like I would too. 
Yeah, so that Brazilian butt lift is the next surgical option out there for, for buttocks enhancements. We've talked about this on the show a lot. Basically, that is a procedure where you harvest fat from one area of your body, and then under ideal circumstances, you process that and then place it into your buttocks to augment it and shape it. Mm-hmm. And so on the surface, like it's, it seems like it's a pretty, pretty good procedure. And I've done a ton of fat grafting more for... Uh, the chest for either cancer or occasionally for aesthetics. Um, but oddly enough, I'm not a big fan, uh, to say the least, of Brazilian butt lifts. Um, I do have some some issues with the surgery. For one, it does carry a 1,000 times higher rate of mortality, mm-hmm. which is death, yeah. uh, than the average plastic surgery. Uh, that is due to the risk of that fat getting into your bloodstream because there are big blood vessels in the buttocks. And we've talked many times about patients that have died from BBLs. I mean, throughout yeah. the last year One or so. One of my friends recently was talking about like whenever she loses, you know, a specific amount of weight that she's gonna do all these things. Mm. And she's like, I'm gonna get a BBL. And I was like, do not do that. <laughs> Good, Sarah, I'm glad you're like <laughs> on the train I was with like, me. no. <laughs> I mean, and there's, it's not just me. There's a lot of plastic surgeons out there who are, are not fans of Brazilian butt lifts. Um, the mortality risk is one thing. Um, I will say that right off the bat, they do tend to look good. And I do have a picture uh, I, I took just to show people, even though I'm not a fan of these, I wanted people to realize yeah. what they can look like. So fill up that first uh, picture, Travis. So this is from Dr. Olson. Uh, he's from the Advanced Plastic Surgery Institute in Arizona. I mean, honestly, I think that that's a great result. Like, I like the appearance, the, the post-op yeah, appearance. Yeah, well, it matches her thighs. Sometimes people get them too big, and it like their thighs don't right. match the size yeah, of I, their butt. I, I think the surgeon did a very skilled job. Um, you know, I think that it looks great. My concern is that this is probably fairly recent after surgery. I mean, not like immediately, but, you know, one of the issues I have outside of the mortality rate for these is the longer-term risks. You know, with fat grafting, there is always, always, always going to be some absorption. And unfortunately, the best way to limit that is to process the fat, which is a kind of a problem with Brazilian butt lifts, um, because then if you process the fat properly, you end up getting a fraction of what you started with. Uh-huh. I, I think I read on there that this was a thousand cc's per side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the way that I process my fat, I do have like a centrifuge I send it through to get like this just this pure fine fat for Where injection. Where did they get the fat on this girl? Uh, you can see it like in her hips, their flank areas. Okay. Yep. You can they see just it. moved it. Yeah. You suck it out and then ideally process and reposition. But you know, in this case, they injected a thousand per side. So that's 2000 injected fat. If, if, if you were going to process the fat properly, you'd need like 6,000 cc's of fat to get that much yeah. like good fat. And so then it brings into the question, okay, was this properly processed? If it's not, then there's a much higher risk of absorption. You can also get scarring of the fat and you can get I, these yeah. lumpy areas. I feel like her butt looks cool. Like it looks good, but I feel like she could have gotten the same results by going to the gym. Maybe. We're going to talk about that because there is an, a treatment that is similar to working out. And so I'll... I'll, I'll, I want to pick your brain on that. I, I, I don't know. Because it's not, because that doesn't look abnormal. Yeah, it just looks it good. It looks, yeah. yeah and I do like compliment that doctor cool, on like those results. Butt. I don't know that doctor. I just Googled uh, BBL befores and afters. He's one's the one that popped up. So I just credited him for his yeah. pictures. And I, and I do think it's good work. Um, mm-hmm. It looks good. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, Brazilian butt lift. I'm not a fan. I don't think it's crazy if you go and get one, but there's definitely some potential downsides to it. And the other thing I'll say about it is, Although every year plastic surgeries seem to increase in numbers, we talked about this a few like a month or two ago. Brazilian butt lifts stay static. 
which means that they're not really increasing in popularity. They're not going down, but in comparison to other surgeries, they're not increasing, which does say something about them uh, yeah. to a certain degree. Uh, so those are the two surgical options. Uh, I definitely, definitely don't like implants um, and BBLs. I'm really not a big fan of, as as you guys are aware. So let's go on to the non-surgical options for buttock enhancements. Oddly enough, I, I read that some people are doing facial fillers for buttocks enhan enhancement, which to me blows my mind because, I mean, when you're injecting in the face, there's not a whole lot of volume, and facial fillers are expensive. And the idea that you're going to put enough face of hyaluronic acid filler in your butt to make a difference just is crazy. And then it goes away. Yeah, and then it goes and away in a year, 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 year and a half. Yeah. So I, I just kind of completely skipped over that one um, because I just don't think that that's realistic. But the cost benefit's not there. It's, at all. it's not even close. But there is one here too that I, I learned a little bit about. And the first one I heard about, I was like, geez, I, I just don't know how this would work out. But I'm a little bit more favorable to it now. And that's the use of Sculptra. Have you guys ever heard of Sculptra? You have. Okay. So Sculptra is poly-L-lactic acid, which is uh, basically a product that's, it's also used in suture. Uh, mm -hmm. I use a suture called Vicryl, which is the same, same substance, which uh, in suture, it just kind of breaks down slowly. But when you, when you make it into a liquid form, which is what Sculptra is, and you inject it, it causes collagen formation. Okay. And this has been around forever. I remember, in fact, when I was in plastic surgery training in like 07, my attending got Sculptra injections in his face. And I was like, wow, yeah, I can definitely see the difference. Like, it kind of plumped up his cheeks, and, and I, I thought it looked fine. Um, sculpture is a little bit expensive, and we're going to talk about that. But apparently people are now using it for buttocks enhancements. Okay. Um, and I was like, wow. I was like, I wonder how much you would have to use. Um, I will say that the results look pretty nice. And I did have a picture. Uh, Travis, can you throw up this, this next one? Uh, this is from Skinly Aesthetics in New York City. Um, they had actually had a lot of information about using Sculpra to, to do buttocks injections, uh, which was it, was, it was great information. I think the result looks nice. Uh, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's an, a, a nice appearance. Uh, I think that this has some advantages over like a BBL, the advantages being one, it's not surgery. Two, I, I don't believe it carries that higher mortality risk that BBL is associated with. Um, also, um, you don't have as, I think as much issues with potential scarring as mm -hmm. fatcrafting does, but there are some downsides to this. I do think the results look nice. I, I was actually pretty surprised when I, when I saw this, like, dang, actually that looks pretty good. So yeah. here's, here's the downside. So one, it's, it's not, it's not permanent. It, it it's a temporary it effect, away. but it does last three to four years. So that's not too bad, right? It's better than, than the fillers, which last a year, year and a half. Save up, save up for the next... Right, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. Sculpture is not cheap. The average cost of Sculpture is about $700 per vial. The, so how much was her butt, you think? Yeah, so that's where this gets crazy. Uh, the, this guy who, it, there wasn't a whole lot of people who were talking about it, but that Skinly Aesthetics did have quite a bit of information. They were saying that they use at least 10 vials, on average 20 and up to 40 vials of Sculpture. So ten would be for, seven per butt cheek or just total. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, ten oh. would be seven grand, like twenty, which is their average is fourteen thousand. That's 000. like that's like this that's like the price of like more. a boob job. More like a good one. Yeah, more. I mean ten, yeah, ten would yeah. be like the price of a breast hog. So like to me, although actually I kinda like the results and I like kind of how the um how it's how it's done where it's not surgery and it doesn't have as so many risks, the cost to me seems prohibitive. Now maybe in New York City people can toss down twenty grand every few years and 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 be okay with it. 
Uh, I'm not sure that that would be super successful around here. Although I, I actually am thinking about calling the sculpture people and asking about it. You know, um, mm -hmm. it is an off-label use. I will mention so that. So can you use it in your chest then too, if you can use it in your butt? I would, yeah, I mean, I assume you could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a great question, sir. I never thought about that, that you could potentially use it to augment your breast. I mean, I'm going to look that up. I mean, that's interesting. I, I will say that that result, and, and granted, with all these befores and afters, you know people put out, like, really... The, the best of the best. The best of the best. And even when I was looking through them, I wanted to find one that... that looked sketchy. No, 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 no. I wanted to get one that actually looked... You know, I don't want to misrepresent these. I want to show yeah. you what what is the potential best, best yeah. outcome. And so, you know, those, those do look nice. So sculpture is an option uh, if you have extremely deep pockets. Um, it's kind of a newer thing. It is off-label, but I, that those results have, yeah. look reasonable. Okay, so the last one uh, is what's called M-Sculpt Neo. I, I think we've talked about this just briefly in some other segments. I've never heard of it. So M-Sculpt <laughs> is a brand of machine that uses radio frequency to treat areas. And what it does is it does two things. It reduces fat okay. and it increases muscle. And I've actually done one of these treatments. We had the people roll through and they, they were trying to sell me a machine and so they brought it up and I did a treatment on my abs. Yeah. And man, it is like, it's, so what it does is it causes really, really strong muscle contraction. Oh, so it's like a really, really, it. really intense workout in like 20 minutes. Okay. And so uh, you do need four to six treatments to see results with this. But they're, they're claiming that with four treatments, you can see up to about 25% increase in muscle mass. Okay. Which, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think I, I did have a picture uh, of this one as well. Travis, throw that up there. Yeah, and so I, I will say to me it looks more of an athletic look, and this is where I was going to kind of pick your brain because, you know, when people get BBLs, a lot of them want that kind of Kardashian look where the buttocks looks really round and maybe not cut you know what i'm saying yeah whenever i think of her but i think uh like i just i've seen other women besides celebrities have that style yeah and the butt never matches the thighs if in real life if you had a butt that big right you have your really, thighs would be would muscular be mass, yeah. like the yeah. same and so it just looks totally. abnormal to me but that the one you showed before uh with the the sculpture yeah Hers looked okay. Like, hers looked like she just naturally had a big yeah. butt. Right. Well, but, and it's just like everything. Like, you could do, you know, a Brazilian butt lift and not go crazy with it. I know, but it. I feel like the only people who get they Brazilian go crazy butt, with it. Yeah, yeah, they do go crazy. Well, I just thought that there was a differentiation between, you know, if you went into to something like M-Sculpt, where it's going to reduce yeah. fat, you're going to get more of that, like, runner look, where a runner has, like, you know, a, a, a firm buttocks, but it's not necessarily round and shapely yeah and i'd say that that before and after shows that i mean you know that her, her buttocks look good but she looked like an athlete not like kardashian and when i say kardashian i don't mean like huge i don't but think she looked like an athlete you don't think so no she just, looks like there, she, was, she just looks like she was skinny girl like just a, yeah can you throw up that last picture one last time uh the to me one? yeah to me she just looked like she was just a naturally thin girl that just See, doesn't I, think, have... I thought she had some good muscle. Travis, you, you there? I know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I think I caught you in a bad moment. Hey, throw up that M sculpt one last time. That that the one last you just showed. Picture. The last butt picture. This one. I don't know. See, to me, she has that really kind of muscular. If she was look. To or at me, least compared to like the one on the left. To me, if she was an athlete, her butt would not look like that. Yeah. Her butt would be a like a good size butt. Like her butt would look better than the one on the right. 
Yeah. Well, it is only me. four treatments. I mean, I think she's just a naturally uh, thin yeah. girl. I do think it looks better than the starting point. It does. Yeah. It could be her panties, though. <laughs> it could be. All, <laughs> I don't know. The, all about the accents, if they right? were the same, yeah. if they were the same undies, I think it would be better. Well, but it does look different. Yeah. For sure. But I would say that that is the one differentiation with M Sculpt, where you know, fat grafting uh, or sculptor tends to get that more kind of mix of muscle and adipose tissue. M Sculpt gives you more of a muscular look because it does reduce fat. So yeah. that's just something to be aware yeah, of. Yeah, it, it definitely looks yeah. lifted. And then finally, the last thing is working out. Yes. Working out can Advocate. make your butts look better. Yeah, it I, wish I, I wish I had a before and after picture of my friend um, who is a, was a naturally skinny girl, like just super skinny, slender mm -hmm. chick. Um, and even when she was in gymnastics with me in high school, like never had like the same amount of muscle proportion that I had. Uh -huh. And whenever she started doing Olympic weightlifting, just using weights, right. not running, not doing anything like that, just strength training, her butt and her thighs got significantly bigger. Yeah. I wish I had a before and after. I'm, I'm sure she does, but right. I don't have one. Yeah. But she, her butt and her thighs yeah. looked of course, so you know, better. it's just hard. I mean, it, that yeah. amount of dedication to get something oh, like that. Oh, it took her like yeah. a year. It takes time. But yeah, a lot of people just can't do it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean. But if you can, that's. I, I'm there's always other benefits besides having a good butt. For sure. And I'm always <laughs> a fan of like, if you can get something on your own and avoid surgery or treatment. I mean, yeah. it's You can't really get way. bigger boobies on your own. Though. That is hard to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> so, all right. I just want to recap this segment really quickly. Uh, so today we were talking about the. Uh, different options for buttocks enhancements. There are a couple surgeries out there, actual buttocks implants, similar to breast implants, which I'm not a big fan of due to the complication uh, potential for that. There's Brazilian butt lift, which is injecting your own fat into your buttocks. I'm one of the people who's also against Brazilian butt lifts. It does carry a much higher mortality rate or death rate in surgery than other plastic surgery, and there are some long-term issues, but I will say they do look nice right off the bat. Some of the non-surgical options, uh, Sculptra, which is an injectable for the buttocks, is kind of new. It, I, I, some of the results look pretty nice, but the cost can be prohibitive. It sounds like you're looking at a minimum of $7,000 up to like $20,000, and it only lasts about three or four years. Uh, M-Sculpt Neo is a radio frequency treatment which uh, decreases fat and increases muscle to give a more muscular look to the uh, buttocks. Not a bad treatment uh, of all of them. I, I would maybe consider that one to be uh, one of the better ones, but those are the options out there. And so now you know, if you have any questions, please leave us a comment. So, all right, buttocks enhancements. I think we rounded that one out. Okay. We rounded that one out. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. Okay, <laughs> all right. So we haven't had like a crazy um, plastic surgery story. I know. In a while. Like it's been kind of a little. I'm gonna already guess where it's come, where it comes from. You, you already gonna guess? <laughs> all right, so uh, this is actually a story about a uh, plastic surgeon who was accused of operating while intoxicated. Um, which sounds danger, danger. Yeah, that does sound dangerous. And so I want to talk about uh, this this story, uh, and then talk just a, a bit about what's called impaired physicians. Have you ever heard of that term called impaired physicians? Yeah. So that's a term in healthcare with, and, and I'll explain what it means. But just basically, a physician that can't do their job for for various reasons. Right. So, <laughs> so this story is out of. Florida? No, it's not. It's Dang Arizona. It. Sorry, I set you up. You're normally right. So this actually is out of Arizona. And, and I'm going to lead off with, I don't believe this story. Okay. I'm, I'm all for holding doctors accountable, you know, and there are, there are bad doctors, bad surgeons out there. We've talked about a lot of them. 
there's some there's some things about this story that to me just don't don't add up. But I I, I thought I would we, we would kind of discuss it. So this patient had a tummy tuck and breast reduction by a doctor out in. Um, in Arizona, and this guy's a legit doctor. He's board certified plastic surgeon. He's got okay. years of experience, so he's not like some fly by night guy. Uh, you know, good reviews. I mean, I, I always look these people up to see is there some warning sign. Now, this guy seems like really good. Yeah, you know, he's got all the things. Got all the things. Okay. Checks all the boxes. Uh, so the patient uh, was set up to have a breast reduction and tummy tuck, mm-hmm. and uh, had the surgery. And um, apparently had some some complications, which it's not super specific, but to me sound like potential legit complications that can happen. Okay. Tummy tucks and breast reductions are some surgeries that do carry risks. We've talked right. about that before. So uh, surgeon very unhappy, or sorry, the patient was very unhappy. So the surgeon, or the I keep saying surgeon, the patient ends up filing a lawsuit. And so in the lawsuit, the patient claims that when the surgeon came in to mark her. That he reeked of alcohol. So I was like, well, that's unusual because, I mean, if you were going to go and have surgery and you legitimately thought your doctor was intoxicated, well, would you go through with the surgery if it wasn't no, like life or death? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way, right? No <laughs> right. Way. I would have, like, grabbed the nurse and been right? like... Right? No, there's no way that anyone would do, do this. Do you smell something? Right, exactly. And, or, like, you know, it'd be the same thing if I got on an airplane... And like the pilot was like, and had like a drink. Is I'm running out the party. Yeah, I'm running out the door, man. Like the the fact that this patient claimed that she smelled that reeked. It said in quotes reeked of alcohol, but then said, well, I was already there, so I just thought I would go through with it. I'm just like, yeah, I just don't believe that. Also, too, and this is a little bit of detective work. So this surgery is is pretty much an all day surgery, which means this surgery was started at 7 a.m. Okay. So this doctor would have been out. What like on the coming town. in straight from the yeah. bar or like what drinking in the morning? Like I mean, I could believe it maybe if somebody said, Hey, you know, I, I went and had plastic surgery and I had a complication and I called the doctor and he met me at the office at ten o'clock on a Saturday night and he smelled of alcohol, I'd be like, oh, I can maybe see that happening. Yeah, but, or if like a doctor like went to eat like lunch with his friends. Okay, sure. Happy yeah. hour. Right after surgery, yeah. patient, you know, yeah, I could maybe see that. But seven o'clock in the morning, I mean, how hardcore of an alcoholic do you have to be to like reek about? A really about? functioning one. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So that kind of to me was a little bit unusual. Also, the fact that it was at a surgery center. Um, this I, I looked this up. So there was at like a, a surgery center, and we've talked about how you do have more protections at a surgery center because yeah. there's so much oversight. And so, I don't know. I If it, if it was at, like, a private office where the doctor has, like, dic, you know, dictatorship control, I could... Yeah, well, so, like, he was around many other medical professionals. Right. And yes. there would be no way that another medical professional would have been like, hey, you smell like alcohol, but that's fine. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. I mean, <laughs> I, and so, like, the story to me just, it didn't add up. Um, so anyway, so there's a lawsuit over this, uh, about her complication. And then the odd thing is that she said she had corrective surgery that cost $25,000. Like that's insane. Um, the original cost for surgery was 16,000, which to me is high. Like if I do tummy tuck breast reduction all the time and it don't yeah. cost 16,000, but a lot of that is depending on where you're at, like plastic surgery is cost is relative to location. And so, I mean, I live in a nice suburb, you know, of Dallas, but it's not, you know, the fanciest suburb in Dallas. So our prices are actually a lot cheaper than in 
in, in some of the other Dallas suburbs right. just because of cost of doing business. So 16000 for a first surgery to me is high, but not like crazy. But 25000 for corrective, like I, I was just curious, like what did she have done to cost 25000 So this girl ends up joining a Facebook group for tummy tuck complications and, and posting her picture. And apparently someone messaged her who had the same surgeon. And so that person gave the same, filed a lawsuit as well and claimed the same thing. So now you have two patients claiming that this doctor smelled of alcohol, but then they went through with the surgeries. And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, that does happen. We saw that happen to, remember Dr. Roxy, the girl that was the TikTok doc? Yeah. But you remember when she had that first complication and then it kind of went public and then people started coming out of the woodwork? Yep. And we were, some of them, the complications were like, well, is that really like a, you know, a malfeasance issue or is that just a complication? Yeah. Um, and I kind of think that's what happened to this guy that, you know. This she, is aftershave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, this is all being reported in the news. Um, oh, I did check it, and he has no board complaints against him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. To me, the story is is not believable, and I will believe any almost anything these days. And that's just my opinion. I, you know, I just I only know what I've read about, like in these news. I looked up, mm-hmm. you know, several newspaper articles, and you can look it up. It's just fresh from this last yeah. week. To me, it sounds like a lawyer just popped that into their brain. Like, did you smell anything funny on him? I, and like the patient you know, was like, you know what? He did smell different. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> kind of agree with you, Sarah. It. I kind of feel like that this is something related more to the lawsuit. You know, if there were other like warning signs, like like board uh, disciplinary actions or DUIs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, missing appointments. Yeah, I mean, you could potentially you know, make that argument. Like but, just erratic behavior. Yeah, but I just, you don't see it with this particular yeah. physician. So so I did want to talk a little bit about impaired physicians. Um, uh, you know, impaired physicians is defined as the inability to practice medicine with reasonable safety and skill uh, because of a physical yeah. uh, issue, psychiatric issue, uh, uh, aging issue, or yep. dependency issue. Yeah. So, so impaired physicians does cover a pretty broad, you know, topics, you know, one, we did a segment on how old should a doctor be before they retire. Yeah. And we I talked, remember we watched like a TikTok with an older doctor about right, something. Yeah. I did. I mean, have we done so many shows? I just didn't start to run together. But yeah, it was about like the age, right? Yeah. yeah it was about, you know, are they too old to, to do their job? Mm-hmm. So that'd be considered impaired psychiatric issues. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has like really, you know, cause I mean, doctors are people too. They yeah. have the same issues as people. And then of course there are dependency issues. And so I was going to talk a little bit about dependency issues with physicians, you know, um, so dependency issues, whether it be alcohol or drugs in the physician population mirrors the general population. So uh, physicians are no better or worse or more or less likely to have uh, addiction issues than, than regular people. Yeah. So that, that comes out to about a 10% lifetime risk, you know, so one in 10 doctors sometime in their lifetime, not their entire lifetime, but sometime in their lifetime will have an issue with alcohol or drugs. And, uh, you know, I've actually seen this, uh, myself. I, you know, I've had friends and colleagues that had to go to rehab for, for various things, whether it be drugs or alcohol. And, and you do see that. Sometimes I would think it's like, they're almost more, they have it available more around them just because of like, they have an increased, um, stress, stress. And then they, and then, I mean, you also accessibility make pretty good money. Right. Yeah. Money. Yeah. I think that there are two (laughs) things. Uh, one thing that makes it more likely and, and one thing that makes less likely, 
I, you hit the nail on the head as far as you know what things makes things more likely stress you know people are stressed out they they look for an escape accessibility you know historically in medicine you hear about anesthesiologists using narcotic drugs now yeah. i don't want to paint my anesthesiologist group friends with some brush uh, although i'll give you some stats in a minute but but you hear about things like that um and then uh so there's the stress and accessibility right so you think okay maybe doctors have a higher rate of this but then on the other hand why they would have a lower is the repercussions like if you get hit with like a dui or you know you show up to work drunk i mean you're you're potentially losing enormous amounts of income yeah and so i think that that keeps a lot of doctors on the straight and narrow i mean i'll tell you uh, it, my own personal thing when me and my wife go somewhere like out we do not drive right period we do not drive we mm -hmm. uber everywhere uh, if we're going to have any, you know, drinks at all. So yeah. like, you know, like if we're going out with our family, obviously we drive, but like if we're going out to, you know, for a, the night on the town or going to our wine club, even if we're going a mile. Yeah. There's Uber, really no excuse. There's no excuse. Right. Yeah. Cause if you get hit for a DUI, like, I mean, it can ruin your career. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it can ruin anybody's career. True. But like, <laughs> there are a lot of people though, that's hundred yeah. percent true. But like, if you get hit with a DUI, like automatically your career's not over, but you're going to have like a huge break in your practice and the ability be... to get hired too if you work right. exactly somewhat for some so else. i think that keeps some doctors on the straight and narrow yeah. um as far as doctors are most at risk anesthesiologists are one of the doctors most at risk for this as are er docs i uh, would think because of trauma yeah they the say it's that trauma it, thing. they say that er doctors tend to have a higher risk-taking behavior um just mm -hmm. because it's something that they attracts like them it. yeah <laughs> um prescription drugs are more commonly uh abused by by physicians than than other groups, and, and that's because of knowledge and accessibility for sure. Yeah, um, they are most commonly uh, found out or reported by hospital staff, and we were talking about yeah. that in relation to that story that there was like a whole you know service yeah. center full of people that could have pointed that. Well, out. you've said like if you see something, say something. Yeah, so that's really big. In yes, your and, and that center, is kind so. of a problem because historically doctors have protected each other. You know, I mean, I, I've heard that happening where somebody, oh, everyone knows Doctor So and So does something but you know whether it be impaired or a bad behavior but they there's like this kind of protection mm -hmm. i think that's getting less and less these days you know the, the days of doctors getting away with stuff is kind of yeah. going away yeah but one thing i'd say you know just kind of in summary on this is you know if you have concerns with your doctor don't continue to like to to be have a doctor patient relationship yeah you know you have to trust your doctor and and in this story i like to me it seems like maybe it's not true, you know. Um, definitely, if you have a concern, like don't go through with the procedure. I mean, you know, feel comfortable with your doctor, feel like you have a honest, mutual, good relationship, and mm -hmm. you're just much more likely to end up having, you know, good outcomes. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. So that's that. But yeah, I just yeah, that story is a little unbelievable to me. Yeah, I would say. So, all right, Sarah, you're gonna educate us. Yeah, I, I need to know these notes. things. I do want to get back into workout phase, and so. I need to know this about how to maximize my, my workouts. So is there okay. a supplement that might help me? Yeah, so um, it was actually because I watched a TikTok. Dude, I get so much, I get so much stuff from TikTok. Um, and this guy was uh, talking about an article he found about uh, magnesium chloride supplement. No, so, that's just standard magnesium, right? That's not like a special formulation of magnesium? Well, it, I, I guess. Okay. It's magnesium chloride. So okay. I so guess that's like magnesium is different than magnesium chloride. Well, and I think... I think magnesium chloride is the only supplement for right. it. Right. A lot of the supplements have to be tied. So it's like yeah. salt is not really sodium. It's sodium chloride, yeah. right? So Yeah, yeah. 
I just want to make sure it wasn't like a special magnesium. So it's no, just you standard magnesium. Okay. All right. Yeah, you can go to the like CVS and get it. Okay. All right. For sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Um, I have a little picture. I don't know if uh, Trelvis has it, but he did. If you send me, yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, that's the, article. the article I read, but that's not the same article. Uh, dude, bro, was talking about. In the you TikTok. found a better one. Um, I don't know if I found a better one, but um, I found one. It was hard for me to find one, honestly, because there's really not that many studies about it. Okay. So All right. So educate from, us. This one's from actually uh, 2017, so it's really not that new. But All right. Educate we'll me. See. Okay. So what is magnesium chloride? Uh, magnesium is a vital mineral in the human body, yes. acting as a cofactor for enzymatic reactions involved in energy metabolism, cell growth, glycolysis, and protein yes. synthesis. I knew some of that from, from med school. So to me, it means that it just helps you move Have your, energy. Yeah, it right, just helps. Yeah. It literally helps in all things working out okay. to me. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you need it to work out. I would agree with that. And to grow muscles and stuff. Um, so... The relationship to magnesium and exercise, magnesium distrib distribution and utilization are influenced by exercise with magnesium playing a key role in both strength activities and cardio respiratory functions. So again, magnesium, right. big, big role in exercise. Um, Got it. So sorry if this is boring, but... No, I mean, this very, is, I mean you the have to article lay, was also. <laughs> you got you got to lay the groundwork for what does this do and how is it going to help me. Yeah. So I did the article. Did the article look at different groups taking magnesium or not magnesium and see how their exercise played out? Um, I, that, I think I, we I get into that. Um, I, it talks about um, strength training. Okay. Uh, specific. It just talks about human exercise performance. It does talk about animals. But I didn't really feel like – I was like, we're not – Right. If there's human studies, those rats. are always better. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's always humans. better. Yeah. So what was, this, what was the lowdown? So, well, first, the um, – let's talk about what you can – besides if you don't want to take dietary supplements. Like where is magnesium okay. found Yeah, that's great. Naturally. Uh, is, it, is it meat products? Like – No, it's nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. That oh. is where you find most of okay. your magnesium. I eat a lot of nuts, so – I probably have good magnesium levels. Yeah, you might. And so the recommended uh, amount that you need to take is a 400 to four, uh, 420, 420 ma uh, milligrams. milligrams for males, and then okay. 310 to 320 for females, above 19. Okay. So and I don't even know. Is that a lot? Of, like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know what that would look like. Uh, yeah, I can, I can look that up. I personally don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I can tell you that... In the United States, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, uh, magnesium or other um, uh, factors that are used for metabolism, vitamins and whatnot, that our diet in the United States is really diverse and really good. So it's it's pretty rare that somebody gets a deficiency of vitamins or, you know, cofactors like magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, but... That doesn't hold true if people uh, adhere to uh, different diets. So, like, right. vegans are, like, the first thing that pops in your head. It seems like they would have more because it's mostly yeah. found in nuts and seeds and stuff. Right, but I'm just saying yeah. it, it's, it's – and I just do vegans Sometimes. out there as, like, somebody who follows, like, a weird diet. Okay, so someone who only does keto, right? Yeah. Maybe they just eat protein, meat, right? Yeah. But not nuts. So, Which is um, – that's crazy. So, in general, you know, our levels of these are, are – are 
pretty good. But mm-hmm. I guess the question I would have, and maybe you, I don't know if you, yeah, this is, I think I know what you're getting at. Do athletes need more? Right. People is who exercise. well, do people who exercise need more? And mm-hmm. and is there a benefit to taking more than the daily recommended allowance if you are exercising? Right. Yeah. We they'll talk about it. Okay. So the the key thing is, despite its critical um, role. Yeah. Um, physically active individuals, especially in accelerated metabolic situations, so people that do a lot of exercise. Okay. So somebody like me, I guess, I work out. Hardcore workout people. I work out a lot. Um, I may need higher magnesium um, to to get to, to, get, to, my goals, to yeah. get to my goals to get to my goals and working out. So um, the study talks about. Um, this uh, the human studies associate serum slash plasma magnesium levels or yeah. magnesium supplements supplementation with various exercise outcomes. So the exercises they looked at were bench press, hand grip, okay. trunk flexion, heart rate, and energy needs. So it's probably just like a like a, a spectrum of yeah different, different types yeah. of okay. things. So, I, yeah, to make it random. So okay. they did find that um, in this randomized controlled trial with the magnesium supplementation showed improved exercise performance oh, really? in okay. a 20 meter shuttle run test by reducing lactic accumulation. So that means it right. it decreased like cramps and then like I guess the actor effect of your muscles getting too sore. Right. And that makes sense if and, and I'd have to really kind of dig back in my physiology Mm-hmm. databanks here i was my brain was over <laughs> like, when i was reading this i was, was coming like out of your ears. i haven't read a medical right. article in so long <laughs> what, what i would tell you at least it comes to my mind is that uh you know for something like lactic acid buildup if the rate limiting step to that is not oxygen because normally normally when you get lactic acid or cramps it's due to the fact that you're you're overexerting your body's ability to deliver oxygen mm-hmm. and so you start to go into anaerobic metabolism so instead of like using oxygen to make energy you're you're doing it anaerobically and one of the byproducts of that is lactic acid which yeah. is what builds up in your muscles and gives you cramps right yes. so if if having extra magnesium allows you to continue the aerobic cycle where you're burning oxygen and not making lactic acid, then I could totally see how that would allow you to exercise more. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I may be just making that up about the magnesium, but it sounds like that it, it does. Yeah, I feel like uh, magnesium like acts as like, you know, the taxi driver of oxygen, you know, or something. Like, is yeah, that, I don't remember. Like, the, it's like the more magnesium you have, the more... The ability yeah. to process all I'm probably going to get skewered by my wife because I don't remember this. And I bet she doesn't remember any of it. But, like, there are – I remember we started to make these drawings of how uh-huh. you know, how you create energy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm pretty sure magnesium's in there somewhere. Oh, for sure, like, yeah. It's, it's, in, it's, it's making it's in a pass process. in, the, like, the aerobic side. The Krebs cycle, I think, is the name of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess – and so having extra supplements showed they were able to work longer. With that shuttle run. With Some, well, yeah. I mean, so, that's, yeah. a, that's a good representation. So, like most medical studies, they have to talk about the, the fails, the okay. parts that didn't work. So, okay. it says, while some of the studies suggest benefits, others fail to observe any positive effects. Okay. So... Was it more... So, is it just running? Maybe not weightlifting? It's... Maybe. But, but to me, after reading that, I found that it doesn't... Taking the supplements, it's not going to hurt you. Right, yeah, you can't. Um, like, obviously, you can't take. Um, there's, you can get magnesium toxicity. Yeah, I mean, you can get toxicity of anything. Yeah, you probably have to eat, I what, thought that whole, was different. I the, thought that was whole, different than like 
like uh, noticing that they were it was just different um, seeing like you can take too much of a supplement because I think most people don't like realize that yeah I mean a lot of people think supplements are very safe but there are toxic doses of yeah usually they're pretty high yes yeah so um so for me after reading this I think I would take magnesium chloride if I was hitting a plateau in my exercising and see if you can get over to see if yeah. I could get to you know like say say I wanted to uh, deadlift you know 250 pounds mm -hmm. and I'm at 225 and I just can't get past that you might try it yeah to see I might try it to mm -hmm. see if I could if it would allow me to work out more yeah. and, and magnesium is probably pretty cheap right I mean that's not expensive I'm sure yeah that's, yeah you can get it it's, it's like, tablet form yeah. um but yeah so so bottom what, so, line so bottom, bottom line. line there is a study out there that shows yeah. that at least for certain exercises taking mm -hmm. magnesium supplements allows you to overperform yes interesting it, it allows athletes to get to get um, and, and that is that's actually pretty notable because there's a lot of studies out there for different supplements that show that doesn't really make a whole lot of difference yeah. you know so if if you have one study out there of course these studies always bring up more questions like okay well you know how does it do that and like why doesn't it do it for other things but mm -hmm. but you do have a study that's out there that's a you know, legit study that yeah. shows this, that this article definitely was like there needs to be more studies for right. Us they, to like they always say one hundred percent. Yeah, they always say that. <laughs> but it's good to know. I mean, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, you were when you brought up this topic. I was like, oh wow, I've never even thought about that. I didn't so, think of it either yeah. until so, I saw that that dude talking TikTok. about it. Yeah. Excellent. Talks. Well, always thank you, Sarah. Yeah. I always yeah. appreciate you uh, weighing in. And I, you know, I, you're kind of like my idol as far as working out. I know you work out really hard. And so I need to get I, back to I that. I haven't so worked out. I take out. your advice seriously. Okay. I do. No, really. <laughs> I do. Well, I, haven't, I haven't worked out in three weeks because I had the flu. Yeah. Well, on Christmas and New Year's. And yeah, and, and then Christmas. Yeah. And then I was just like, I yesterday was the first day back. Really? Mm -hmm. So you're sore today? Honestly, not that much because I took it easy because I knew uh, yeah. I, I was like, I got to start slow so right. I don't like yeah. burn myself out. Right. You don't want to go too hard. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. For uh, sure. I think that's all the time we have for today's episode of Nip Talk. Please join us next week. We'll go over some more topics. If you want us to do a certain topic, just leave us a comment wherever you see this on YouTube, Instagram, or wherever, and we'll talk about it because we want to tell you what you want to hear. So, all right. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.